And we are recording back again as uh, Dr. James Thorpe and uh, Dr. Eric Feintouch, who is uh, welcoming into my dictatorship. He uh, he made the mistake of thinking he had a say in how things go here, and I had to put him back down. And uh, if you don't behave, I will have my Gestapo come to you. But uh, Dr. Thorpe has been on here before. So Dr. Feintouch, please introduce yourself, my man. So uh, anyway, appreciate that warm welcome uh, to bring in the uh, the Third Reich. No problem. Uh, bottom line is the uh, I've been doing this since the beginning of the pandemic. One day I came and I uh, was with doing uh, interviews with that. We'll go straight to video, but we're not designed to be like podcasts. We were doing legal what we call um, like legal documents. We were actually creating like a sworn testimony. So we would have people, instead of watching all the podcasts out there, we created like the first kind of right to courtroom testimony. So we had people sworn in with a paralegal in New York state every single time I interviewed people. So we could literally transcribe it and go right to court since things were so urgently needed, I felt. So I had all the great people that you've had, although not everyone, I've been, I've been very impressed with some of the people we've actually interviewed people like Malone and McCullough and all the greats out there. And you could just list all the M's and the other letters out there. So we got them all. And when someone didn't show up, I would tell them that someone else was on and that usually got them on too. Like yeah, I got yeah. Gerd von der Bosch when, when uh, Dell really wanted him and he thought I was going to steal him or something like as if I have that much power, but he was waiting for the big show. And I literally, uh, got him to come and communicate to us at the rabbinical court. So I was a moderator uh, for the rabbinical court. And in seems like, what is that? And that is basically three different um, communities that are Jewish that will actually, with three different rabbis, and they would literally sit and listen to evidence. And they have to, when they, at the end of the evidence, they will make a decision whether they uh, would kind of agree or disagree with the depositions and the information that was provided. And there was the only decision in North America that I was honored to be the moderator for. Uh, and that decision was that no children should be taking the vaccine. No pregnant women should be taking the vaccine. If you're forced to take the vaccine, you're to take your child out of school and homeschool them. Uh, it was pretty dramatic. It was very important. It was done. I had the honor of doing eight hours of testimony that day. So your measly little 56 minutes you're giving us today, I'm happy to be uh, honored to do it. But that was a big test of my fortitude, which was I didn't even know that the only way you could critique or criticize a rabbi that makes a decision on these uh, on this information has to go through all eight hours. So if anyone comes up to a rabbi and goes, I don't believe in anything you did, did you listen to those eight hours? If you didn't, you have nothing to say to me. When you do, we'll have a conversation. I didn't know that. At five hours, I was ready to quit. I was tired, Tommy. It was exhausting having people like Gert and Malone and, and McCullough. All these people came in from all over. We had Jancy, Lindsay. We had all these different experts. And uh, then we had people another week later, two weeks later, with another eight hours. So literally, we have 16 hours of testimony, including uh Zelenko, rest his soul and mm -hmm. senator johnson came on so we have 16 hours of uh of of really commentary at that moment in history about where we were and the good part is that we found out that most of the time these guys were right the story hasn't changed even over a year later that they were right on all the data is suggesting they were correct and uh it's the only decision in north america that says child children can't get it and if you do take your kid out of school and pregnant women should be getting it and adults should really consider whether they're at high risk. It was a really early decision that was necessary. And I was honored to be asked to do that. So I got involved early on. And one day I turned on the channel and then I saw you actually, Tommy, with uh, all the same guys that I had on. And I was like, who's this young, good looking kid going on and making me look like so old? I was like, that's not good. But it's like, you know, what's going on here? But I was really happy that other people were actually picking up the ball and running with it. And I'm making a joke about it, but I was really grateful that we're not the only ones doing this. And, you know, for the a cost of a, of a good mic and a camera, you know, I was changing the world a little bit. And I had somewhat, some of our broadcasts, including some that had Dr. Thorpe on it, had as many as 300,000 views literally within one week. 
Sure. And then I started getting involved. You see the picture behind me is the Canadian flag and the American flag is that we've been making a joint effort to educate the Canadians and the Americans together. So I have a whole series called uh, Then They Came for the Canadians. So I started educating them because their license were pulled, their doctor degrees. And uh, I wanted them to know that we had their backs. They've always been there for us and that we weren't going to just forget them because we're our big country and we don't care about Canada. And because of that, I have over a thousand of these retired and active duty. So there's your, your Delta for us. I'll see your Delta and I'll take my thousand willing to come, you know, to really fight the battle. And I brought on uh, Brian Peckford who actually helped create the charter uh, rights for the Canadians and great guy to interview. I really recommend you do it, Tommy, if you haven't. And he actually was one of the last signatures of that document. So he came on then when he heard about it, then McCullough came on and we did all these other, another 25 hours, of stuff just on what the legal stuff in Canada was, what the stuff was in the U.S., how we could share information, and that's how we got started. So uh, I got recently lucky enough to bring Dr. Thorpe to uh, Washington with me, although I think he may have got there invited before me, right? That Right, Jim? I think you got there before me. But uh, I was able to get him uh, involved and, and make sure that his information was out there with one of his whistleblowers. So there's pretty much uh, almost everything that I've ever envisioned doing, I was able to get out there and speak the truth. I mean, if we were in any other country in the world, we probably wouldn't even get a chance to be out doing what we're doing. So it's our ob our moral, our spiritual obligation to speak the truth in a, as Americans, and we can never let that light ever, ever leave this earth. So that we have no we have no other options. As far as I'm concerned, I'm happy that you were in the fight with all my buddies. Well, I didn't get Desmond. I have to say, I, I'm I, I'm a little jealous. So maybe I'll maybe I can, I can, put, you, I can put you in touch with them. one day. I can put you in touch with them. All, all right, right, we're good. We're good. I, I love that guy. Brilliant, brilliant. I was uh, I was in a hotel room with gastroenteritis last Christmas. Not this one, the one before last Christmas break. And uh, listening, Doctor Malone had just gone on Joe Rogan. And I was listening to him and I was re-listening to Dr. McCullough's episode and they both kept quoting a, a Dr. Desmond. And I had no idea who Desmond was. I wasn't sure if he was like a Freud or like someone who's just been dead for a century. And so I like Googled him and I was like, oh shit, this guy's like 40. And I was just like, where, where is he? And you know, the University of Belgium or something. And so I just Googled his name and his email address and it popped up right there. And I was like, fuck it. And I just sent him an email. And he was like, do you want to do this? And he was like, I love that combination. I love that. I love all three of them were out there with, after that Google, like playing with the, with the outfield scoring card. I've never seen like anything like what Malone did was break the internet. And that was really what we got to see in real time that there's really just people back there. This is not real data crunching. We're going to change the numbers. We don't like how they're going. And Google should never be trusted with anything anymore. Ever. Yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, it should yeah, never be yeah. trusted. Yep. Yeah, when that uh, result came up, because that was the first time I'd ever seen that. People were screenshotting and posting it. If you typed in mass formation psychosis, it said, uh, results are changing rapidly. Well, we haven't found authoritative. And you've, you, you saw behind the curtain. You're like, oh, that's the there's like the old man pulling the strings and you're like, Oh shit. That's the wizard of Oz right there, buddy. That's that, it, and that's Tommy. why, that's wizard why I did Oz. the episode. I didn't give yep. a shit about mass formation psychosis. I was just like, what is this? And I had already been banned from YouTube. So at that point I was just like, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do an episode. And they all said yes. And I wasn't really expecting it. Exactly. And it was the biggest episode I ever did. Um, I can, I can definitely put you in touch with them, but it is fascinating that you'll see that more and more now. I mean, I think, uh, Right after a Demar Hamlin went down, that happened again. People were just typing in Demar Hamlin, and it was like these results are changing rapidly. And whenever to me, that's kind of the the red flag now. That means that some that means the the narrative hasn't been solidified. The talking points haven't been sent out yet, and it's a it's a to me that's just kind of you know if you're taking the flag, you're over the target. Keep pushing on that point. Amen, amen, Tommy. You're right on there. And I think like Jim and I have been saying like all along, like the, what's the next thing that's coming out of this? We were all sitting there with Senator Johnson and I had Jim to my left and I said, hey, you know why we're all in pain in this room? We, you know, we're all testifying and trying to come up with what we were going to say to the to the to the U.S. public. And I said, I think the pain we're feeling. And I looked at Jim. Jim, I hope you don't mind me saying it this way. But are we giving birth to something right here? What's going on? We're giving birth to something new. 
We're giving yeah. birth to a new medical profession. And I don't know if you go to medical school or something like that. It seemed like one day I might have clipped where I said, I'm going to some kind of class I was taking or whatever I, you were I was a I actually go dogs. I got I was in the University of Georgia. I graduated in 2013. I got into medical school. My I took the MCAT, went to the interviews, got in. And then I realized I didn't want to do it anymore. So I was uh, I spent four years trying to get in. I managed to get in. And then I guess I got the acceptance letter and was like, yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, so you so you so you're you're too young to realize that's a Woody Allen joke, you know. No one wants to be a member of a club that would have you as its member. Pretty much. I mean, I would I remember my I said that to my little brother once. I, was, I did something stupid. And I was like, Don't forget, I got into medical school. And he goes, You getting into medical school doesn't make me think more of you. It makes me think less of all of the doctors. <laughs> I was like, Well, and Tommy, you can't say I have to say this is your little brother. A little brother, yeah. No, I mean I I need I'm to loving know. it. I'm, I'm loving that kid. Maybe we should just like let him come on and let you no, I'm, the I'm, no I'm gonna break his neck. It's it's the retribution's <laughs> coming. It's been a couple of years. I love that. I love that. Coming. That I is smart as that's smart as a whip. I have to say, I think uh I think I have a new I'm a new he has another fan out here in New York. I will kill him with my bare hands. He knows that. Um but could could you maybe uh touch on that again the the giving birth idea of like a, a new system yeah so i mean jim is one of many great doctors who realized that the system's broken that is serving both the boards and the licensing of medicine that big pharma has actually lost its way by basically contracting medical doctors to do a form of medicine that's kind of robotic they don't need human beings to do them a lot of the stuff they're doing they're basically doing formulas of everything. Uh, so what happens is, is that we realize that there's a form of Hippocratic oath that's key that has to never leave the earth, just like the truth has to and the light that we give to each other. So we both realized that we had to do something. So we're all speaking out. We're looking at the data. We're sharing what the research is. And, and obviously the people at the FDA, I testified on June 28th to the FDA I had three minutes of uncensored minutes with them. I told them that the same degrees, the same colleges they went to are the same articles are produced by the same level of consciousness, of intelligence by the peer-reviewed articles that they're choosing not to read. And because they're not reading it, they're not, we're, not, we're not seeing the latest, greatest stuff for the United States nor the world. And, and, and I didn't say they were compromised. There were a lot of things I probably wanted to say but I contained myself and I kept it all along the lines that they were um, really not doing the job that God put them there to do and that their day will come too. And I looked and I studied every one of them all day before I presented. And I purposely went after uh, Paul Offit to see what he was going to say before I got on. And I laughed when I came on for a moment and said, all right, let's go, guys. And I literally told them that, how dare you come up with new math on basically letting children get a shot without animal testing, even with that on, ma on mice. And how can you sit there and say it's okay to create a, a variant strain vaccine or quote unquote gene therapy and actually without any kind of testing whatsoever, what what kind of correlative, it's called correlative, or cor I think Jim knows the word for it, correlative data can you actually use to make an assumption that just increasing antibodies is enough of protection? So that correlated data doesn't even pass the sniff test. And I wanted to get that clear. I was trained uh, to look at the data through many scientists. That's the greatest part, Tommy, for me, has been really kind of talking to these scientists and kind of being a great translator to them. So I spent a lot of time with Stephanie Senoff, who was basically teaching me about Pion disease about what Luc Montier had studied before he passed the 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 Nobel mm -hmm. Prize winner for HIV and I realized we were missing most of this stuff was outside so I put a picture of Luc Montier to the FDA and I said why are we not listening to what he said even though he's passed all those people that were presented died of like a mad cow disease how can you not listen to what some of the greatest scientists are saying and I said, some of you are going to come home tomorrow and you're going to have a tough day at work because you're going to decide that you're going to be like that person who at the last moment 
decided that drug that was used and it was approved by Canadian drug analyst, FDA of Canada, by Germany and the UK. You remember that drug called thalidomide mm-hmm. that was safe and effective? Flipper well, baby. someone who was a Canadian-born resident who moved to the U.S. was the last person on the bridge that said, wait a minute, I see a safety signal. Not any of you see safety signals here, guys? None of you? Someone's got to. We got two votes out of 21, and he's one of my star witnesses, even though he's going to be reluctant to be there. I have all his words. I've been taping him ever since on every opportunity, and I'm going to play himself back to him if he disagrees with something he himself said. I can't wait to bring him to court. So in the last uh, three months, I formed a, uh, just to do a little bit of a, kind of what I'm about, a kind of a, a wrap. When I used to be a, a lifeguard on the ocean many, many years ago, there was a thing called a riptide, Tommy. I don't know where you are in Georgia, so there may not be any riptides. Are you out of Georgia? Where are no, you? No, I've, I've left Georgia a while ago. I'm in Maine now, but now I'm, I'm aware of a, a riptide. So what's a riptide, Tommy? Well, I know it's, I just remember it's dangerous. It's kind of all I remember, right? It's, it's a tide, it's tied like below the surface that you can't necessarily see from the surface, but it will pull you to your death. Exactly. Well, it's two bodies of water coming together at the same time. And it literally, you can't see it, and it just sucks you right out. So as a lifeguard on the beach, if somebody got sucked in by a by a, by a you know, riptide, we go through the same line that they, we run in the same line. We jump right into the riptide because we get out there in half the time. And we grab them, we do a rope thing or whatever we're going to do, we pull them out of the rip. So War- Operation Warp Speed was so effective at manipulating the public. And I'm part of getting that data out that the DOD has been actually processing it you've been seeing it in the papers recently in the army press the last couple of days but i've been actually because i went to washington with jim and i'll let jim talk in a few moments sorry jim is that we together listen to a lot of experts and we realize the dod is definitely part of this control chain and maybe they are not doing their job maybe we have thousands of documents that prove that they're not doing their job to regulate the the manufacturing of this. And Senator Johnson's all over this, and we expect him to make a statement in the next couple of days. So I've been like blessed to be in that circle. So we created a thing called Warp Speed Legal. So just like Operation Warp Speed, we actually have lawyers that we've been consulting with to bring lawsuits faster against these kind of perpetration of our human rights, our U.S. rights, our rights under our Constitution that have been manipulated by government and we, I now am the president of what's called Warp Speed Legal. So I literally decided to go right after them, right at the heart, right in the riptide. And I'm coming right at them. And Jim knows that when I say I'm going to do something, I pretty much do it. So I've surrounded myself with some really smart lawyers. Remember that, that line from uh, Rodney Dangerfield, if you want to look skinny, hang out with fat people. So if you want to be smart around lawyers, get really smart lawyers around you and know the Constitution, know the law. And I'm just honored to be uh, in the presence of great people. And we're helping assign local counsel for people that need to bring lawsuits in every state of the union. And if they go to Warp Speed Legal, they can actually click on a button, put their information in. We'll see if there's the right person for them. We're creating a community of learning so we can even train the lawyers to get up to speed in the science. Or you can do what I do. You just interview really smart people and just nod. People are like, yeah, you're really, really well-rounded. I'm like, I don't say a word. I just bring on smart people. <laughs> I just let them talk. Uh, I, I think just, you've done a pretty good job. I just smile and nod, put the American flag, and I'm like, good, good, good. I hey, don't know. I got my flags back here, my Canadian yeah. American flags. It means a lot to me. I had Dr. Senef on. I think she was one of the first episodes I did in this, this new apartment. She talked about glyphosate for an hour. I, I couldn't keep up with her. Her brain was like a thousand horsepower, but I just nodded. She is, she, isn't that, isn't brilliant. she a whip? She's she brilliant. She is unbelievable. I, you know, my wife used to read her and knew all about her way before her COVID came around. Yeah. And when I had, when I, when I, when I told her, do you know that woman, Stephanie? And he, she said, why? I said, well, I'm going to be talking to her later. You're talking to Stephanie. I said, "Well, she's helping me prepare for the FDA. She's teaching me about the material, so I was that I'm accurate." And she says, "I cannot believe it." So she went from talking to me the first year, where I kind of just did not put the energy into this, thinking that the world kind of shut down for me and I needed to rest. And then I said, "I came out in the second year, ready to fight and take on the world that was fighting against our human rights and our personal, you know, integrity." And um, I haven't stopped since. She's brilliant. She has the mental horsepower of like a Shelby Cobra. 
I'm sitting oh, here with like a weed whacker of a brain, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's just, any questions? And I'm like, I don't know what you said. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, but <laughs> Dr. Thorpe, we haven't let you say a word. That's a good thing. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Thorpe. Especially when Dr. When Dr. Fontish, uh ordered my commanding officer, uh, ordered me to take my hat off. I think it's a great hat. I think you should put it back on. Can't go against my commanding officer. Well, I'm. I. You guys are in my dictatorship. Um, but, Doctor Thorpe, do you have any thoughts on all of this, or are you just well, watching us go at each other? I do. I. I, I want to. I have a couple of really strong things to say, uh, right now, and and that is, um. I am looking at two gentlemen that I respect and I love very much, and you have all of my respect in the world, Tommy. Thank you. And. Dr. Eric, uh, I love Dr. Eric. Um, I, I don't even remember how, well, I do remember how. Um, he got me into the, um, my people, my Jewish rabbinical court. Um, and while I'm not Jewish, um, and I didn't even know that Eric was Jewish, um, but he got me to the people that I needed to be with, which is, the rabbis, because those are the only people in the world that were focused on my patients. Um, all of my pastors have abandoned me. They won't speak to me anymore because they took the payment from the Department of Health and Human Services um, through the COVID-19 Coalition Corps in terms of 17 plus, I'm sorry, 13 plus billion dollars distributed to two over 274 sectors, every sector of our society, including the boards, including the churches. And I no longer have respect for any of, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, Jesus was a Jew, okay? Uh, my Jewish uh, brothers and sisters are my family. And my rabbis that Eric got me in touch with, they knew what was going on, and I won't go into it, but they are intimately associated with the culture of my patients, especially with regard to the reproductive patterns. And I know we got probably children listening. I, I really don't want to go into that, except to say that thank God for this rabbinical court, because um they served my patients, they listened to my patients, they broadcast the dangers of this and my patients when nobody else in the world, other than me and my rabbis, you know, screw the pastors. I have zero respect for my Christian pastors anymore. Sorry, uh, it's just the way it is. They, they won't talk to me anymore, they hate me, they can't stand me, but uh, because they took the bait they took, and I believe that it was a bribe. That is our taxpayer money that we paid them to force the good, loving people of this country, forced them with a false narrative to take a deadly vaccine. And I will never, uh, I, I will never forgive them for that. Never. And I will never forget. For, it's going to be very, I, I will be loving to the 97% of physicians that are pushing the vaccines and I will be loving to my pastors, but um, I've lost my respect for them. Dr. Feintouch. <clears throat> well, first of all, I, you know, Jim, I don't want to make it like a, a love fest, but I love Jim too. So, but, and you know, we know we, we, we get it. I mean, I think the key was, I only got a chance to do what I was doing because I, uh, women don't really address the rabbinical court in a traditional way, even though it was Rebetzin, a, ra a rabbi woman, who literally um, brought everyone together. But they usually have a hard time because they don't want to be influenced by someone of the opposite sex. So they really want men to speak to them. So I, I got a chance to do something. And I say after five hours, I was so spent. But I said, all right, stay with it. A little message in my head. Stay with it. Stay with it. Not knowing again that that eight hour rule was so critical that and no one could criticize them ever 
unless they go through all the testimony. Really incredible. At the end, they actually told every religious group that listened to this that this is not an exercise in Judaism. It's an exercise of, of experts sitting in front of a religious group and telling them what they understood, what this was about, and what they needed to consider for their people so they could use the same evidence that we have and then discuss it amongst themselves whether they want to keep their kids home from school, whether they think it's okay for pregnant women. It's not just a religious Jewish effort. It's a human effort. And I've uh, literally, my next evolution of doing the heavenly court, that stuff is online. It's called the heavenly court. They can watch all those 16 hours of testimony, but we're also breaking it down for other religions now so that they can use that testimony in their communities. So that's another honorable thing. I wanted to make sure that everyone had that information, even though a year has gone by, that evidence is still as relevant as it was, a, you know, now as it was then and it's even getting more interesting because they said we're releasing more stuff right now and i said the reason why jim and i sitting next to me I had the honor of sitting next to me with senator johnson was that we realized we're birthing a new profession of medicine that believes in the hippocratic oath that will not get free lunch from big pharma so there's just two principles do no harm and no free lunch that's where it starts at and everyone that's grandfathered in is going to basically have the same rights as any medical doctor in the U.S. that doesn't take its marching orders from Big Pharma. That is not going to happen to this new Hippocratic movement. And I'm part of that. I put together the nonprofit so that I don't want to have ownership. It's for the medical profession. It's for my health profession. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. It's for other ones to join so that they can literally get the same equivalent parallel universe as medicine, and if people want to follow the big farmer thing because it's some new hot drug that they want to try, they can go that route. Or they can go with like repurposed drugs that would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives if someone didn't have a financial interest. And you're going to see a lot of lawsuits about that coming up. But I don't want to get that, make it into drag out this conversation just about lawsuits. More importantly, I want to leverage what we know to be the truth against these very, what I consider to be financial interests above all, above life, above the importance. And why do I say that? There are pharmaceutical companies that actually, even in like Spain, a big story, almost 1,800 or 3,000 workers were not, uh, not forced to take the vaccine, but they got fake cards for the whole bunch of employees. What pharmaceutical company would pay for fake vaccine cards? If they thought this was safe and effective, I think safe and effective will go down in history as the biggest fraud in the history of the world. That's what I think. Yeah. And I, I would say amen to that, Tommy and Eric. And I, I just, um, I want to make the point here of, of Eric's and your Tommy's courage to say what you're saying. Courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. Just a few examples of, of courage. My, and, and um, Eric really, really held my hand through this, but uh, my whistleblower, and, and I can say her name, it's uh, Michelle Gershman. I won't say which community in California she's from, um, but this lady, this young nurse who is a soul a monetary provider of her family, including her husband and children, came out. And when she saw this horrible email that came directly from her administration saying they're having massive number of stillbirths uh, that started after the vaccine and they tried to silence her. And she came to um, the, um, I, I believe she went, she reached out to CHD, she reached out to me. And this woman's never looked backward. Now, let me tell you what this woman did for me. This is a young lady. This is a young lady, my daughter's age. I have three beautiful daughters, like supermodel daughters. They're incredible. Um, they're brilliant, but they don't see the world the same way that we do. And, um, and for that, I feel very badly for them. Um, and, and I've lost some relationship with them and it's very painful. Like I've lost relationship with 
other family members and friends and most all the doctors that just uh, ad hominem attack me. But what the, the, the courage that this lady showed, it's contagious. What happened? She came out, Eric held my hands to this, Jim, Jimbo, you need to do this, you need to do that. He connected me with the best attorneys in the country for uh, my whistleblower. And this woman has, we've appeared on many platforms all over the world. And because she did that, I'm no longer the only practicing OBGYN doctor in this country that is speaking out. Two more were recruited because of her courage. And it was Dr. Kimberly Biss, who I would, I, I hope that you would consider she's, having her on your she's, program. She's been I on here her. a couple of times. Uh, and, and then uh, I would also ask, and it's Dan McDyer. So now we have, and these are th two younger doctors than me and much smarter and much better connected and uh, much more brilliant than I am. And, and let me tell you something, they're speaking out. They've come out of the closet because of, of Michelle. Uh, Gershman, because of a whatever, a 28 year old kid, a, 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 a beautiful. Jim, Jim, tell, 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 tell the story about how, what that letter said for a second, because I think the viewers may not know about it. And it's so important that they know what was it contained in that letter. Oh, it's painful for me to bring that up again, but no, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I, I can, I can quote it verbatim, but I don't want to do that to you. Um, why don't you, because it's just so painful for me. All right. I'm so sorry. All right. I'm going to say this and I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you. I love and appreciate you, but I want to make sure people know the story. And I know it's painful because you, you look at those babies as your own and you're protecting them. I, when you told me you need to protect these children, what did I do, I said, let's get on the phone with one of the biggest uh, getter account guys that I could find and let's broadcast your article to the world. And then let's make sure that, yeah, whatever we had to do, let's just move it. You're protecting the unborn child, no one in the world was protecting the unborn child like you, Jim, like Dr. Thorpe. No one was. And I said, what an opportunity for me. What a blessing for me to try to help you help those other people. What? And I just said, I got to do it, whatever I got to do. So anyway, the letter contained that when I asked her before I did the interview a little bit about what the letter said and what she knew, and then I referred it to attorneys. But I, I wanted to protect her job, and I also felt that we would make sure that no one knew what institution she came from and that we would protect her employment if possible. But it was so unbelievably outrageous, this letter. She said to me that when she started the job in maternal medicine as an, as a, uh, well, no, birth in a, what is it called? A um, postpartum nurse. Yeah, uh, that she was, she only would see like a demise or someone who passed a child about once a month, maybe twice a month. And she was like three times a week, she'd be there. And when there was a demise, it would be on the board and she would see it randomly, but not that often. And as the year 2022 started coming around, I think it was actually 2021. I think it was August. There was, and I didn't, she didn't say anything. There was an uptake. She didn't know how many, but she saw a lot of babies every day she came in. There was a baby that was that demise that died and that's a stillbirth after 20 weeks i believe right jim that's that's what it's considered and she was really aware of it but never really understood the magnitude until this letter arrived so now we're coming into august of 2022 and there's all the every time she comes in that's three times a week 12 times a month another child's demise when 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 she first started only one or two demised. Now it's every time she's coming in. The letter said this, to my best of my recollection, I don't have it in front of me. It said, we are really sorry about the fact that we have a record number of, of demises. And I think 22 demises had occurred in August, which matched 2021's record of 21 or 22 and being it was september 10th or 11th we were on a record track of losing one baby a day pretty much i think it was nine for the month of september with being september 10th and that she was sorry about this that they were doing everything they could but that we're that this is unusual and we're really sorry not really saying what the cause was but we're really sorry. We all 
in our world know that there might be some causes that are doing this, but we're just, we're not going to say that. We're going to say, why? Why is the government not looking to figure out why a baby a day is dying when only two babies die a month? That's how many babies? 20 more months? 25? How many are dying? So we protected her to the best of our ability, wrote the, made sure the letter, her name was crossed out, and we did our first interview before the high wire did it, I, you know, we I was the one who posted it to the high wire. I said to Doctor, uh, I said to his friend, uh, who is it, who works for uh, Dell, one of his partners out there. I said, why don't you consider bringing on Jim, bringing on this whistleblower? Here's the letter. Make sure you don't send it. And I literally forwarded it, and I think he got a call a day later. And I think millions of people know about the story now. So I mean, it was just about pushing you out the door, and then you guys, you know. Told the truth and God shines his light on it. If I may, um, Tommy, can I just, can you let me screen share? And um, yeah, yeah. and I think Eric, uh, Eric <laughs> has given me some incredible advice here, but Eric, I think you're going to be, love the way that I've redone this slide uh, for you. Um, and I, I was at a major conference over the last four days that I, I want to say a few words about <clears throat> after. Please do. But here we go. Um, it's, uh, I'm going to um, put this on. Um, I think you're going to like this. Uh, you're going to like this look a lot better. At least it went over well at the conference, uh, Eric. And, and thank you for that, Eric. Um, Eric just says, Jimbo, you just need to make that simpler. You know, you you you, you know, you need to make it simpler. So I spent a lot of time doing that. So um, here we go. Let's see what number do we have here. We'll in slide. And there we go, screen one. Tell me when you can see that. I can see it. I can see it. So um, Peace. it may look a little bit familiar to you, Eric, but what we want to focus on, uh, you see my pointer on the y-axis, you have the fetal death rate. And, it, it, and we measure the fetal death rate um, in terms of fetal deaths, which is a dead baby at 20 weeks or greater, 20 weeks or beyond, uh, and uh, just, it can go all the way to 40 weeks uh, or 42 weeks. Um, but the definition of a stillbirth or fetal death is the baby is born without a heartbeat. If it's 19 weeks and six days, it's a miscarriage. And that's a totally different situation that's much more difficult to keep track of. So these are stillbirths. So the stillbirth rate has been very stable. You see this blue line. Uh, 2017, uh, 5.89, 5.89, 5.70. That's very, very stable. Um, uh, and when you actually look at those rates, um, the what we call this the standard deviation or the variance of this or the fluctuation is very, very minuscule. Um, and so what happened was that if the proof is in the pudding. If you actually look at this graph really carefully, you'll see that you aggregate these three years of data and the stillbirth rate is 5.83 per thousand. And what happened in 2020? Well, that aggregate birth rate of 5.83 per thousand dropped to 5.74 per thousand. So in 2020, this is when Hundreds of thousands were being died from COVID-19. This was a real COVID-19 pandemic. It wasn't 2021. So there, the fetal deaths did not increase from COVID-19. Hmm. They didn't increase until after the vaccine rollout. So now look what happened. And by the way, the United States has not developed any data beyond 2020, interestingly. Um, they're a little bit overdue. Canada's way overdue. And my brother, Eric, uh, informs me that uh, Canada has purposefully uh, or allegedly purposefully um, missed their reporting date because they don't know how to handle it because it's sky high. Well, look what happened. here. So the fetal death rate uh, and, and Dr. Feintich was actually perfectly on spot with those numbers um, uh, with a with one minor change, and that is, according to Michelle Gershman, the, the baseline fetal death rate was one to two fetal deaths or stillbirths every two to three months. That's what she said. 
uh, on the interviews that I saw around about the same, but it went up to, look at this red line. It went up to 29.3, which is easily calculated by simple algebraic formula, just based upon uh, 9,000 births a year at these, in this community. So it went up to 29.3. Now going from 5.74 to 29.3, doesn't sound like it's a very big deal, but this is a 500%. huge surge. This is a 40 standard deviation or 40 sigma because one standard deviation is only about this much. It's only 0.5 fetal deaths per thousand. So if you, if you simply look at 29.3 minus 5.74 and divide it by, by 0.5, you're going to get about 43. 43 sigma standard deviation event is like literally one in 10,000 year event. This occurred with something very dramatic and very aggressive that changed in 2021. Hmm. Now I can show you up in uh, Canada, this is even worse. So in the political, in the regional geographic <laughs> locations of North America, the, the states, California, Oregon, Washington, and Canada are most aggressively pushing, forcing, literally forcing pregnant women to take the vaccine under threat, uh, major threats. And so their vaccine rates in pregnancy are extremely high, much higher than in my practice area, which is in Florida and in the Midwest. So um, look at what happened here. This is actually real data. This is Lionsgate Hospital in British Columbia, Vancouver. And look at what, there were 13 dead babies, fetal stillbirths within a 24 hour period. Can you imagine that? And this isn't just hearsay. This is a doctor. This is Dr. Mel Brochet and Dr. Daniel Nagas in addition to three other healthcare providers that we call doulas. I won't go into the doula uh, healthcare uh, labor support person. Um, uh, won't get into the weeds here, but five people testify and just Google it. It's all over the internet. And, and the Lionsgate Hospital is trying to cover it up. Trudeau is trying to cover it up. And, and that's why I wore the hat that offended my brother, um, Eric, um, that I took off. And, and All right, listen, listen, it's Tommy's show. Tommy, take, you know, if you want to see it, let him do it. I love taking care of my Canadian buddies. This will go all over Canada. I'm okay with it. Sorry, yeah. Tommy. I look like I was taking control again. Please forgive me. Okay. That's, that's strike two. I'll let it go. Uh, we'll let it go. Thanks. Thank you, sir. I wanted so, to honor your, I wanted to honor your, your effort. Seriously, this is so serious that we have to like almost beyond belief that this is what's going on. You can just remove the uh, that graphic. It's ridiculous. It makes me ill too. 13 stillbirths in seven days. Jim, this There's is- 13 stillbirths, 13 stillbirths in 24 hours. I had to fake it and make it exaggerated to seven days. Otherwise the graph would have gone up to the moon. And, and this is a 160 fetal death per thousand, a 16% risk of fetal death even faking it and drawing it out for a week. That is 300 sigma above. This is a one in a billion year event. It see, like, is unexplainable. See that in, in our country, and we have, we had a, we had a constitutional sheriff and that happened at a local hospital. He should be investigating it. In a regular state, an attorney general should be investigating it. Anytime that number is so large that there's no reason or rationale for it, it needs to be investigated and it needs to have proper protocols to see why it's occurring. This is outrageous. It makes me ill. And we try to like laugh for a moment and then we realize how bad this is, how bad this is. Well, as I often say on this podcast, when <clears throat> talking to doctors like y'all, the reason why I've documented this over so many hundreds of episodes and with Zoom, it on the bottom right, it will always say the the day, the month, the year, the hour, the minute, the second. 
is because many years from now, many decades from now, they're all going to sit around and saying, well, how did it happen? I thought it was never forget. And we're still figuring out how it happened. But that's why I do so many of these. Maybe I'm wrong. That's fine. I'd, I'd rather be wrong. But they're going to ask one day, how did this happen? Did no one know? And that's why I'm doing it is because they will ask one day, how did this one in a billion year thing happen? Did nobody, how did everyone just not notice all the Jews disappearing? How did it happen? No one noticed the trains. No one noticed the little, the stars of David. Well, we were, I'm sure, I'm sure if they had zoom in the internet back then, you'd find a lot of podcasts are saying like, dude, where are all these fucking people go? And that would help us 80 years later to say, how did it happen? So maybe it might might be dramatic. It might be pearl clutching. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'd rather be wrong. But one day they're going to ask, how did it happen? How did no one know? And the reality is, is a lot of people know. The vast majority of people knew. The vast majority of people were trying to talk about it. And what a surprise, the demons enacting these things were also suppressing the information flow. So that's why I'm doing it is I don't know if I'll see the change in my lifetime. I don't think I'm going to get any credit from it. And I really don't give a shit. But many years from now, probably many decades, they're going to ask, how did this happen? This is how. No one wants to believe it. No one wants to talk about it. You guys have to come on here and do a podcast with me. Some dude who's just screaming at a camera in his bedroom. That's why. I want to... Um review uh, just uh, uh we we touch upon how, how much eric dr Fontage, and tommy you guys have both just really encouraged me and and emboldened me and just give me support just um verbal and nonverbal, and and i feel it and um you know i've been fighting this fight a long time and one of my best friends and i'm i, I may or not may or may not mention his name, but I was, uh, you know, Dr. McCullough and some others said, you, you know, I, I think Eric really pressured me into going to this meeting for the last four days. And it's, it's you know, I, I'm fully disabled, although I'm, I'm a full-time practitioner, but it's really, I have a, a segment spinal fusion. It's very difficult for me to travel. And I just couldn't make it to this meeting. And my beautiful bride, Maggie, was going to drive me, but it, uh, she couldn't do it. She wasn't feeling well. And I have this long-term uh, friend. I'll mention his name. His name's, you know, I call him Buck. His last name's Buckner. And I, I love the guy. You know, he's got a beautiful wife. I delivered. And, and he's just always been by my side and seen me through some tough times. And, and he agreed with taking me back and forth from this meeting. And the thing about Buck, Buckner, is he's a brilliant individual. He's a, he's younger than I am, but this is a guy that's been on Wall Street forever. He's built hundreds of highly successful businesses, and um, but we're not on the same wavelength. When when we started, because you know Jimbo, you know you're he calls me Jimbo. We we have names for each other, you know guys, and, and I can't even mention some of the names I have for him. But um, but it's and he said you know. This is this vaccine is the greatest thing. I'm going to get everyone that I can. You know, I'm you're crazy. What do you? Why would you not get this vaccine? This was several years ago. You know, when it first came, not several, but you know, when it came out, December first. And he went out and and you know, yeah, I'm going to get five more. I'm going to get all the different brands. I'm going to get Moderna. Okay, so that's where we're starting from. Um, and so he comes down to this meeting with me. He's there the whole four days. We had to stay an additional day. He went to every single conference. And to Eric's point, Dr. Fontouch says, nobody gets to comment unless the rab the rabbinical court, all of their testimony, they go through. And this one reminded me to tell you the story uh, of, about John Buckner in this meeting down there in uh, with, with the Warners, the Warner movie. There were... were two or three ongoing meetings at the same time. John Buckner sat through every single meeting. And let me tell you something, he's more brilliant than more of the presenters. He's a numbers guy, he's not a physician. He's a Wall Street guy. He knows numbers, he's highly intellectual. 
he came back from that meeting so adamant of, and of the horrible data that he's done a complete reversal. He's one of the unique individuals that he has no shame about like me. Look, I'm a human being. I'm allowed to be dead wrong. I'm allowed to make mistakes. As long as I come on air and I, I'm honest with my wife or I'm honest with my patients and say, hey, I screwed up. I, and I have. I pushed vaccines prior to 2010 in pregnancy. I have effed up. I've made it, but I have admitted it. I've repented and I've apologized and I'm a better. So, Don, so John Buckner does the same thing. Not only does John Buckner Oh, we're losing you, Jim. We're losing some of your some of your audio. We're losing. I want to hear it. I'm losing it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a uh, actually, it's a call coming in that, that I'm going to have in from my clinic. But it, it now he's this guy is putting all of his efforts right now into supporting the research that Ryan Cole and I and Peter and many others are doing to try to discern and define what's causing this abnormal menstrual bleeding? What's causing these abnormal placentas? Is there spike protein? Is there uh, pseudouridinated mRNA in the breast milk and in the placenta and in the endometrium? So he's funding, he's going to help uh, plan this whole thing. He's totally on board right now. What did we say? Courage is contagious. Look what happened to John Beckner, my best friend. I stuck with him, one of my best friends. And, and I love him, man. He, he took his sprinter down. He drove me all the way down there eight hours and all the way back, stayed in the same room with me. He, he's one of my handers, like Eric. Gain wow. Of, gain of function courage. It's highly wow. contagious. Wow. Wow. Jim, I mean, this, you know, you know, I, I don't think you can make magic sometimes on Zoom because people, you know, but we just did because you're teaching the truth to you to people that would listen to you and, and and they'll take the time to know that you sincerely love the babies you look after before they're even here. And what an honor it has been for me to just get your message out in any form that I was able to do in my little effort. I mean, I definitely try as hard as I can, whether it's a little or not, I let it, God take care of the rest. And I'm so proud of you, Jim. I really am. Back at you brothers. The other thing that I learned of this meeting that I'm, I've been really screwing up on. And a Eric has lectured me on this in the past because I, I'm a passionate man for, for my, for my relationships with my patients and, you know, and, and uh, my passion comes out and I have to really, really protect my heart. I don't want my heart to get cold and I don't want to be angry or project that. And, and, and I do my best to try not to do that. And one of the things that these, uh, and this whole effort has been spearheaded by women, not by men. And I met so many brave and courageous women, oh my gosh, from Canada. And just, I'm, I'm just thinking of them all, you know, uh, Aga and Jen and Melissa, and I could go on and on and on uh, at this meeting. But what I realized uh, and, and this is a movie that was premiered and I can't share you the link because it, this is through, who did this? I think it's through Del Bigtree. Uh, uh, Kevin Jenkins was there. And it was a movie on how to change the middle people that are hooked on these vaccines and don't believe our narrative. Um, and the way to do it, I've, I've made a mistake. It's I can't, it, the 97% of doctors that are vaccinated, okay, I can't approach them and show the data that I just showed you because they're gonna receive it very harshly. It's painful to them. So I have to love them. I have to reach out and love. And you know, really, isn't that what Jesus did uh, in, his, in, the, in the parable where he left the 99 sheep to go after the one that was lost? And then the one that was lost or the parable of the, you know, the son that rejected his father. No, you, we, we need to receive these 97% in love and say, listen, I'm a, I made a mistake. Listen, I was fooled too. And I made a mistake. And, and we're human beings and we're allowed to make mistakes. I demand that you allow Jim Thorpe 
to screw up because I'm a human as long as I admit it and I repent and I do an academic metanoia. Dr. Fine Touch. Listen, I'm glad we got together today because I think it's an important journey we're on. And I think that, uh, you know, there is a reason why people like ourselves are just driven to just tell the truth. It affects us in every way. I've lost a lot of friends the same way Jim has. And at the same time, they're slowly coming back. And in between, I found that my new group of friends were a hell of a lot smarter than my original bunch of friends. I've told them that. Again, I got involved with guys that make all of us look pretty stupid. But I'm glad you're finally coming around, even if it's just sitting at a pool going, Eric, so how did you get to know all these people? Or how did you, what do you mean you testified the FDA? Or what? whatever it was. And not in an arrogant way, I said, I just wanted to make sure that I was protecting my kids and my future grandkids in any way I could. And I got, I injected myself and I found out that I was worthy to some degree, even though I would say it's hard to believe you'd be as worthy as you can, but that I could literally play at a high level, learn at a high level and like at least try to communicate to the average person. And I was glad that my brain worked well enough to be that translator. And I hope it always stays that way, but only God knows that answer. But I always feel like, thank God, there's people like Jim that would step forward. Thank God, Tommy, you know, you'd say, hey, I'm going to get do what I can. As long as all of us keep on saying, I'll do what I can, there is nothing we can't do. Well, it's also, <clears throat> I think most importantly is, um, I know I'm not, and I don't think any of y'all are, I'm not trying to enforce my will on anyone. If you want to go get, 10 boosters in each limb go wild I don't you do you you want to go do coke or meth or what go wild you're your own person you're here in your incarnation I'm not here to tell you how to live your life I just want to make sure that one I don't have to and I haven't received it and also if you're on the fence that you at least have access to all of the data if you look at it all and go, yeah, you know, Formula One racing is dangerous, but fuck it. I still want to go drive a race. Go for it. Go wild. But you should at least be able to know what may or may not happen. And I think deep down, people can pick up on that. You can tell when it's a projection of your own will on someone else. Through the last 10,000 years of humanity, you, you can find invaders never win. Uh, uh um, occupying forces never win because you're projecting your own self on them versus just like, hey man, you do you, like laissez-faire. People can pick up on that and they can tell that like, oh, this guy's not trying to put his thing on me. He's not trying to make me fall in line. Why are they doing it? People can pick up on that. I do think that there's a deep, uh, a deep sense people have and they go, they're not, I'm not trying to fight for uh, the Tommy brand of vaccine. I don't give a shit what you do. And I think deep down people can pick up on that. And it's, uh, you know, you're not trying to force it on anyone. It's the exact opposite. You're you're not trying to seize power. You're doing the exact opposite. And there is immense, ironically, there is immense power in that. Um, but Tommy, yeah. I got to jump off and Eric, because I've, I've got a problem in one of my offices with one of my patients. Is Trudeau there. calling you? Not Trudeau. One of my Trudeau is uh, calling uh, you. He's very upset. He monitors my podcast. Exactly. Jim, yeah. go take care love of you guys. Jim, go All take right. care of your patient. God bless you, buddy. God All bless right, you. Jim. Much love, God brother. Bless. Thank you for coming on. Dr. Fine Touch, I say Thank we you. uh say we wrap this one up. Uh, I'd love to have you guys on again. I know it's uh we only did an hour, but I'm still fighting the flu and feel like dog shit. So Yeah, uh, well, you know what? Good for you for trying and staying with the with the purpose, knowing that the bigger purpose was for you to like, you know, a few days later get out there again and just keep up the good work, man. That's how I look at it. And uh yeah, I'm happy you're out there doing your stuff. Believe me, we need everyone, all hands on deck. Everyone's got to get out there. And when you have questions, ask them. And if you don't get a good answer, maybe that's your first sign that maybe you're not in the right you know, camp. Maybe you got to start asking more and more questions. 
And I always felt that God didn't give me the answers, but he definitely gave me the questions. So I am asking every possible question I can. And uh, I think uh, I'm making whatever little difference I can. And I'm grateful for the fact that uh, I'm bringing the fight right up the riptide, right back through, right to them using my warp speed legal. So if anyone wants to get in touch with us and has a vaccine injury, go to warp speed. We'll see if we can help them. Warpspeedlegal.com. Let's see if we can get them to a proper council locally that's educated, that understands the science, which is what we're doing. We're trying to get the lawyers up to speed. And uh, and I don't want people suffering if we can prevent it. And not every you know vaccine is going to create a reaction. So I'm not going to say they shouldn't do it, even though the data suggests that it definitely is not in their best interest, what I've seen. In almost every age group, it's not in their best interest. But you got to make that decision. I agree, Tommy. And uh, and that's for them to make. My goal is to show you all the data as well. And I've learned the data, so I'm up to speed. And I'm grateful that I've been surrounded by scientists and people that are showing me where to look. So if I'm just some of that translation I can help them with, it's been my honor. It's been Hell my yeah. honor. Hell yeah. Well, <clears throat> Dr. Fine Touch, I'd love to have you back on here. Uh, also with Dr. Thorpe. And um, yeah, I'll text you this episode when it's up. And thank you so much, sir. It's my honor, man. God bless you. Keep oh, up yeah, the great work. Thank, Thank you so you. much. 